1: past Friday, the Heel Tough blog podcast got a chance to sit down with the ultimate college football guru, Phil Steele, to talk about the Tar Heels this upcoming season. Um, Yeah, so hey, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. This is unbelievable to have someone of your stature on this podcast, um, you know, to be able to talk college football. Um, You know, I know, you, you know, I, I'm a guy that's passionate about college football like you. You know, why is this a sport? that is that is so important to you
0: oh it's just something uh you know i grew up uh watching football nfl and college uh as a child a uh, big fan i can remember watching uh you know michigan the uh, ohio state play back in the, the 60s and it's just always been an important sport to me i put out the first magazine 24 years ago and I've uh, been very pleased with the way college football has become a bigger and bigger part of the landscape. In fact, now it's the second biggest sport out there, The uh, you know, next to the NFL, passing up baseball and basketball. And uh, I think my magazine's had a little bit to do with that. Is We give you more information than any other magazine out there. Uh, it's like getting 130 media guides all rolled into one.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's amazing, man. The amount of stuff that you guys pack into there, and really just the amount of information that that you you guys know about these teams. You know, you, you're right. It is on the level of you know a a, a team focused preview. So it's it's amazing. Um, you know, I want to start. You know, looking at the the Tar Heels. You know, this is a Tar Heel focused podcast. You know, what is the state of this football program right now as we sit here today coming off this 3-9 and nine season from last year? Well, I think when you take a look at the uh, preseason polls when they come out, when the ACC media poll
0: is out there, North Carolina is going to be picked about sixth in the Coastal. And, uh, you know, they only have 12 returning starters. I think expectations are going to be low for uh, North Carolina this year. But uh, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. When I talked to Coach Fedora uh, this spring and we were going over the team, uh, the the thing that really stood out is that last year, pretty much anything that could go wrong went wrong for the team. they were one of the least experienced teams in the country. They suffered a myriad of injuries had a lot of close losses during the year and it was just a nightmare type of season but now this year all of my key indicators are pointing up for the tar heels they're a plus 6.5 on my stock market indicator which means odds are they're going to have a much better season they've got all those starts lost to injury which means a lot of players saw action that weren't supposed to. They're back. A lot of the injured players are back as well. Uh, they had two net close losses last year, an extremely poor YPP on the defensive side of the ball at 1395 which was fueled a little bit by uh, the turnovers and the bad situations they were put in. And they go from 112 on my experience chart uh, all the way up to number 85, so they're in much better shape there. And keep in mind, this is a North Carolina team. There was 13-4 and 4 in the ACC and 15-16. and 16. I don't think Coach Fedora forgot how to coach in one year. Uh, I think that they're uh, way under the radar team. In fact, they're my number three most improved team in the country this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's there's definitely a lot of positives there, and I mean, you said it with the experience that was gained through all the injuries that we saw last year. You know, you mentioned Coach Fedora, and you said, look, he hasn't forgot how to coach, and, and I don't think that's quite why, you know, I'm going to ask this question. I don't think it's that he's forgotten how to coach, but entering the season, you know, how hot is Coach Fedora's seat at this moment?
0: Well, I'm going to be doing a coaches on the hot seat list, and I do not, know if I'm going to even put him on the list, so if he does make it, it would be way down the line on it. Let's keep in mind, this guy had five bowl games his first five years, and uh, you know I think when you look at at North Carolina this year, another thing I like, and I think that'll help keep him off the hot seat this year, is the schedule. When you look at the teams, they do not play out of the Atlantic. Mm -hmm. They avoid Clemson, Florida State, Louisville, and Boston College, and in the Coastal Division, we've seen the champ of the league when they avoid all the big boys at a long time since it's been the team that has won the uh, Coastal Division. So I think Coach Fedora will be off the hot seat by the end of the season.
1: Well, I mean, it starts, I think, at the quarterback position. You know, that seems to be the biggest question mark yet again this season. How important do you think that it's going to be for a starter to emerge early? Maybe, I mean, we don't know who that specifically is going to be, but how important is it that someone steps forward? Oh, very important the quarterback is a huge part of the
0: offenses and the team chemistry and you know, the good thing for North Carolina they got two guys that have experience Uh, both guys were very highly talented coming out of uh, high school, Chaz Surratt who's probably, you know, the athletic guy. He can run, he can make all the throws, got his feet wet last year as a redshirt frosh and looked good at times, and other times he looked like a redshirt frosh, but now he's a soft, with experience, seven starts under his belt. Then you got a guy like Nathan Elliott, who's a good leader not as athletic as uh, Surratt is, but he can make all the throws on the field and ended up the year as the starter last year when uh, Surratt got injured. So having two guys like that, and don't discount the two true freshmen coming in either in Jace Rudder and Cade Fortin. So I think the talent's there, uh, and I think there's going to be much better quarterback play for North Carolina this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Jace Rudder and Cade Fortin. One of the things that I wanted to ask you, you know, the NCAA just put in a new rule that freshmen will be able to redshirt while playing the first four games of the year. As long as they don't play beyond that, they can redshirt. Do you think that that could have any sort of influence for the Tar Heels this year, specifically in that quarterback race?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, if if you're a head coach and you got a talented true frosh, uh, odds are you should get them on the field a little bit, especially if you get a, a, into a blowout situation now. Schedule's not overwhelmingly easy early with Cal Mm -hmm. and East Carolina, both on the road, UCF and Pitt at home. I don't know if you're going to get a uh, a 21 or a 24-point lead where you can put a true freshman in, but if they look good enough in August, then they would earn some playing time. But I personally like the rule. I think you should be able to uh, get the most out of the players that are in there. I personally wouldn't mind if it was uh, let them play five years. If they if they, they hang around on campus enough just to avoid all this stuff that you get with the NCAA about do they get a red shirt here, do they not get a red shirt here, Can they, you know, all this stuff. So I think it's a move in a positive direction.
1: Yeah, I, I was one of those ones that was with you. I, I really did like the rule as well. Um, you know, you look on the offensive line, and we must replace four of the five starters from a year ago. You know, how confident going into the season should people be in this offensive line?
0: Well, that's probably my biggest question mark on the entire team. I like the defensive line. I like the linebackers. The secondary looks solid. Receiving core, you know, they bring in a couple of outstanding true freshmen mm-hmm. to go with last year's guys that earned playing time. Running backs look good. I like the quarterbacks. Offensive line is the big question mark. I'll one starter back. I think you're going to see a a true freshman in William Barnes maybe step into one of the starting spots. We've seen a lot of that in college football recently. 6'5", 320 was my number 12 rated recruit coming out of high school. Uh, They do have four guys besides him that have starting experience in Ricardo who started a couple of games last year. Uh, Polino started some games last year. Sweet started some games. And, of course, Heck is the returning starter. And uh, I thought uh, Fedora brought in a pretty talented freshman class last year, which he redshirted the entire group. Uh, actually had three or two VHTs in the group. So I think they'll provide solid depth. So it's, uh, it's a question mark in my mind, but I'm hoping that they're, they're able to, to come together quickly.
1: Yeah, you mentioned William Barnes. You know, I saw that. Is that really because he's that talented or is that because of a lack of competition really behind him? You know, a combination, but what we've seen out of these offensive linemen, I've seen even with the uh, the big
0: programs, you're, you know, you're, uh, the, the top teams in the country are bringing in true freshmen and letting them start even at the left tackle position if they're that talented, and I think so. Uh, the majority of it is... The, the talent level, I think, Barnes is a guy that's got the NFL written all over him. Mm-hmm. But there is part of the equation would be the fact that there are major question marks on the North Carolina offensive line, which is why I think he'll definitely slide into a starting spot.
1: You mentioned that you really liked just about every other position on the team, including all of all three of the position groups on defense. This has to be one of the more... I, like this is one that I feel like most people have a lot of confidence in this defense under Larry Fedora, probably one of the best he's seen in his time at Carolina. You know, could this finally be the year that this defense turns it around and actually becomes uh, you know, a team that you, or a group that you can rely on to win some games for you?
0: Yeah, I, I think it is. I think it will be a, a defense. Eight starters return to the defensive side of the ball. You know, up front on the D-line, you're looking at guys like uh, Aaron Crawford, who probably had the best spring of anybody in the spring. He's got a great motor. He's got some twitch inside. He brings 315 pounds in the middle. You got Jalen Dalton, who is my number 13-rated defensive lineman coming out of uh, high school. So he's a VHD a 6'6", 295. So you got good size inside you got a guy like Carney on the outside Who had six and a half sacks last year He comes back with starting experience Along with Fox who added four sacks Last year so the, the defensive line Looks good Cole Holcomb is a guy That can play all three of the linebacker Spots probably the fastest of the linebackers And pound for pound Strongest guy on the team so I like all that Your quarterbacks when you're looking at them You're looking at uh, a six foot two uh, Patrice Rainey who uh, You know he's a four or five guy with that kind of size I like that KJ Sales is a confident quarterback that comes back at the other spot, and Miles Dorn looks good at free safety. And you know, let's
1: keep in mind, last year uh, I always look for under the radar things, and I talked about the YPP a little bit. In mm-hmm. uh, two, 2015, when North Carolina was 11 and 3,
0: the defense allowed 436 yards per game. They gave up 24 points per game. Last year, in that miserable year where they gave up 31 points per game. Same, 436 yards per game. So a lot of it was the field position they were put in. The points went up on them, but they really weren't getting run over by their opponents. In fact, they had a better YPC rush than they did in 2015,
1: their 11-3 campaign. And I think this defense is going to surprise a lot of folks this year. And then, you know, special teams, that's always been a strength under Larry Fedora. You know, going into this year, how good a shape is this group in? especially focused on that punting position where we lose Tom Sheldon, who was just a great punter.
0: Uh, I rate him the number 14 special teams unit in the country. So that's, uh, that's a big plus to have a dangerous kick returner at Ratliff-Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, outstanding kicker in Freeman Jones. I mean, Jones did only hit 9 of 14 last year, but he's got the leg to get there. He's whatever a two-rated guy. And uh, Fedora said this about Hunter Lent. He said he's the, he's got the biggest leg of any punter he's ever coached. Now, the consistency is the problem with him, and that's why Noah Ruggles is going to push him. But if Lent could get his head on straight, he has got the leg to really turn the punting into a, a weapon.
1: And so one of the questions I just kind of threw on here at the end, um, you know, if Antonio Williams gets clearance from the NCAA at this point, it's, it's still unclear. He put something on social media yesterday. You know, how would this backfield stack up against some of the better units in the country? Because we would be returning two guys that ran for over 500 yards and then Williams, who was a four star and seems to have a pretty high ceiling.
0: Yeah, that would be big uh, to get... Uh, Williams in there. He was my number eight rated running back coming out of high school, signed at Ohio State, and could come in and make an immediate impact. You're looking at guys like you know, Michael Carter, who had a great spring. Remember last year, he played as a true freshman, and the thing I like, he averaged 5.8 yards per carry. He's also a guy that can really catch the ball in the backfield. Then you're looking at a Jordan Brown, a guy that's got speed. He's got the instincts. Maybe not as physical between the tackles as Carter, but brings a little bit of a different dimension. And Javante Williams a true freshman. You know, he was in for the spring. He had a great spring. He's intelligent. I picked up the schemes very well. I think those guys will make an impact. And then Antoine Branch, if they can get him 100%, uh, you know, he wasn't 100% in the spring, but adding Williams to the mix, I don't think, I'm not going to rate it a top 20 running back core, but uh, I think if they do get Williams added to the mix, you're looking at a top 30, 35, and there's a lot of good running back cores out there, but uh, I do have North Carolina ranked in my top running back units.
1: Yeah, and the last thing I wanted to ask you, you know, it's a big storyline in the, you know, Carolina country right now, with him moving on to play baseball at the major league level. How big is the loss of Jordan Adams, at least from a national perspective, for you guys? Um, I'm not of Jordan Adams. um, Yeah, I'm gonna say that it, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I'm not gonna.
0: not good. my North Carolina things often at all I mean it's a it's a receiver when uh, when Fedora brought when, was talking to me he said he brought in for the best trio of wide receivers he's ever brought in I had Adams in the two deep I thought he was going to play but they got two other true freshman uh, receivers that came in and Dami Brown who I think will have a major impact. So uh, overall, I would have liked to have seen him in this receiving core, but I only had him listed as a backup. So for me, it's not going to be a major thing, although Fedora is very high on all three true freshman receivers.
1: All right. Hey, thank you so much for doing this, Mr. Steele. This has been unbelievable. Um, and, you know, I, I just uh, wish you the best. Keep doing what you're doing because it is so awesome. And I know us college football fans, man, we live by that. That is the college football Bible, and it is unbelievable. So um, thank you so much. Well,
0: thank you, Anthony. A lot, of talk, a lot of fun talking football with you
1: today. Yes, sir. You have a great day, okay? All right. You too. Thanks, Anthony. Thank you. All right, so unbelievable chance to have Phil Steele sit down and talk the Tar Heels with us, guys. That's right, the season is 78 days away when we're recording this. Um, I'm going to try to get this posted by Monday, so um, by that time it'll be 76 days away, 75 days away. 75 days away from the season, and Phil Steele, he's pretty high on us. I'm going to tell you that right now. He's got a lot of confidence in this team, and that's something that I think a lot of Tar Heel fans should be very, very encouraged about. Also, I will do a podcast uh, with updates on the Freak Show coming up, Uh, hoping to go up there this weekend. So big stuff coming up, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Phil Steele for sitting down and talking to us on the phone. I, I know he's got a busy schedule that he's got to get through. And just an amazing experience for him to sit down and give you guys some great information. So thank you guys for listening. As always, you can subscribe on Spreaker.com. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Spotify. No, I'm not sure if we're on Spotify. That's right. I don't know if we've gotten the clearance there. iHeartRadio we're on. We're everywhere right now. This podcast is trying to go big. Guys, check out the blog as well, Heel Tough blog on medium.com, actually got the regular blog site set up now, so it's got all the stories on there, uh, You know, and trying to get it on the Apple newsstand as well, not sure uh, what the deal is going on with that right now, haven't received anything back with that, but hoping to get it up there pretty soon. Um, so you know, uh, follow me on Twitter at Future Tar Heel, Facebook at uh, is Anthony Pagnotta. Um, so you know, all all kinds of great stuff there. All the articles will be posted there. All the episodes will be posted there as well. So once again, thank you guys for listening, and as always, go Tar Heels.